Hello, I'm Emma Knights. I'm Chief Executive of the National Governance Association and welcome to our first ever podcast, Governing Chatters. And we've chosen uh, for this subject of this first podcast uh, to be Ofsted's education inspection framework. Uh, about a month ago, we published a report called A View from the Board. And we looked at how the new inspection framework that's been in existence since September has actually been playing out for governing boards and their schools. Now, this might seem a bit of an odd topic at a point um, when, in fact, Ofsted has um, paused their inspections because of um, the COVID pandemic. However, we thought it was really important that actually we look at what we've learned um, from this study. So I'm joined today by two of NGA's staff, Sam Henson, who's Director of Policy and Information, and Nina Sharma, Policy and Information Officer, who undertook a lot of the work uh, for this report. So we're primarily going to be focusing on um, uh, two parts. First, the inspection practice itself. What was the role of governing boards during the inspection and the feedback meetings? And then secondly, the published reports um, from Ofsted. So, Sam, can we start um, by talking about uh, why we undertook this uh, study? What, what were our key drivers um, in concentrating on this new framework? That's a great question, Emma. I think this new framework um, presented a, 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 a brand new challenge, really, for uh, governing boards, for school leaders, um, uh, for the sector as a whole to get, to get used to it. And this new framework really focuses on that substance of education, the curriculum. And we wanted to really record that that early feedback from governing boards on how they were adapting to the new framework, what the new framework meant um, for them, and um, use that intelligence to share it across the sector, share it with our members, um, and really seek that opportunity um, to help uh, Ofsted throughout their own evaluation process as well. So this study um, seeks seek to inform and guide governing boards themselves on what the new fame framework means for them, what it will mean in practice, um, how they can learn from uh, the, the, the governors and, and trustees that have already been part of this new framework. But also we wanted to use this work um, to lobby Ofsted on the changes that we think are needed in, in the new framework. Um, uh, so, so, so yeah, really a twofold approach uh, to this piece of work. Thank you. Um, and yes, this discussion today is one of those ways in which we are reporting back, particularly because the time when we uh, did publish the report, every was, everyone was understandably concentrating on um, closing their schools, partially closing their schools. Um, so Nina, turning to you now, you, you were responsible for this data collection. So um, tell us uh, what, what you did um, in order to um, uh, inform our findings. Hi Emma, thank you. Um, so we are a member-led um, organisation. We really value the views, experiences, opinions of um, not just our members, but governing 
boards across um, England and we want to know um, how things are happening on the ground. So to kind of um, aid our study, we released a feedback form that was open to everyone, not just members, um, to really gauge on the experience that um, governing boards were having the interactions that they were having with inspectors, the kind of um, work that inspectors were doing firsthand with teachers, with leaders and with pupils, and also to gain um, how valuable feedback meetings were. We heard that that would be um, a treasure trove, as it was explained, for governing boards. So we really wanted to gain a whole width of information um, to kind of inform our study and find out the key issues and um kind of help it to form our findings and recommendations and then amongst that we also analysed over 800 published reports between September and January Um, so it was basically the first I'd say term of um, inspections and that kind of allowed us to see a diverse view of different school phases of different school types and see how these schools were being reported on by Ofsted and what was important to Ofsted to include in these reports and how governance was actually portrayed in these reports. Um, So those uh, two main ways of um, data collection really informed our findings and recommendations um, for the study and the report and what we're bringing forward to Ofsted. And I think it's worth saying, isn't it, there were two distinct areas that we explored in this study. Um, the inspection process itself and the way that that is being reported. Um, The principles of the framework were largely welcomed prior to the framework um, being launched. And we'll talk about that a bit more um, later on, I'm sure. Um, But it it seems that the the practice um, uh, uh, that is happening on the ground, um, there's definitely a lot of things that we need to learn from that that we think Ofsted can learn from the direct experiences of our members um, who have contributed to this study, as, as well as the 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 the, um, the intelligence that Nina gathered by looking at those reports. So I think having that dual focus was really important, important and actually gave us a whole host of information that we've been able to draw upon and that we can then share um, across the sector, which I think is really important. Absolutely. So before we um, look at some of that detailed practice, let's just for a moment sort of ponder that key finding that actually most of our respondents were satisfied with um, inspections. That's really quite important, isn't it? Because Listeners will probably remember, again, just before um, COVID um, hit us all, uh, we had a campaign from a number of head teachers to pause Ofsted inspections um, because they felt that the framework um, wasn't going down as it should have done. And there were still some really fundamental problems. But that's obviously not what our research found. So, Nina, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I think it's really important to note that, um, as Sam said earlier, prior to the inspections being launched from Ofsted in September, um, from our annual governance survey, nine um, nine in 10 respondents um, stated that they were actually um, welcome to the new the new framework so it just shows that the principles of how the inspection what the inspection would be focusing on um, 
was really welcomed but now that we've seen it actually work in practice and I'm sure we'll go into this in further detail a bit further down but um, when we're talking about how the inspections are working in practice um, that's when kind of issues arise. Um, so we've had 72% of our respondents uh, to our feedback form um, state that they felt the grade that they received from Ofsted were actually accurate um, compared to their self rating. Um, so it just shows that the the need to, to look at the curriculum is there. Um, but then it's just how does that work in practice? And mm. that's where we really need to focus on. And that's what what needs to to be worked upon um i think the focus away from data um you know has been i think now data is now considered the impact of of uh, the of education i mean so um concentrating on data has obviously has obviously taken a back seat um and now offset have moved to more first hand evidence um and a lot of our respondents have felt comfortable with this. And that just shows through a lot of the satisfaction of the grade that they ended up receiving. Although it is interesting, isn't it? 72% is a majority, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by no means everyone. So that still no. shows, doesn't it, that sort of over a quarter of people felt that actually the grade that they'd been given didn't actually accurately reflect um, their, yeah. what they expected. Um, and that yeah. could be for a whole number of 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 reasons and one of the things we didn't cover in our study did we was that issue about um disadvantaged communities because that has been one of the um uh, big debates out there is does this framework can any framework really um uh, uh, show the work that's done in challenging um, communities um, as well as it should uh, it should do. But yes, that's not a topic for today. That that wasn't what we were trying to to get to get at. So let's move on then to um, the, the the actual um, practice. Given that we're seeing the framework itself is largely um, supported, uh, but Sam, um, tell us uh, a bit more about how this framework was actually experienced by governors. Yeah, thanks, Emma. I think, um, uh, as you would expect, a really mixed response in in many ways. Um, But there were uh, definitely some uh, common themes that governing boards had had experienced themselves. Um, And uh, I think one of them was the fact that from the viewpoint of uh, lots of governors and trustees, uh, the the inspection process, um, or at least the 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 interaction with those governing from inspectors felt slightly rushed. Um, I think um, that there may well be a number of reasons behind that. We haven't necessarily got time to go through all of that today. But um, in the report itself, we we drew on, on on some of those. I think one of the one of the common ones was that um, uh, there was a feeling from from some of our respondents that the inspectors didn't necessarily um, give the time to governance that mm-hmm. they had done to other areas, and I think obviously that was reflected then in the uh, in the fact that those actual interviews. Um, with with governors and, and trustees 
uh, weren't given the, the same degree of time as, as you might have wanted to have seen. And certainly from our perspective, we that's that's definitely one of the areas we've we've suggested uh, to Ofsted that that they should review. Uh, that that time varied really from as little as fifteen minutes in one one situation all the way to over an hour. So that there's a huge kind of variation there between the actual time that inspectors are spending with those governing. Um, so I think that we would we would very much say that th- that is a concern at the moment and i think the uh, feedback that, that our respondents gave us suggested that from their their v- viewpoint it felt as though inspectors had an awful lot to do in the short space of time they are they are given for the new inspections so that may well um provide some sort of explanation for that i think the other the other area that i'd want to pick out here emma is that in practice governance doesn't really seem to be fully understood in a consistent way by inspectors and um you know that again that's a concern i think the new framework is very much something that us and and many others are very welcoming of certainly in terms of it's what it's grounded in and its foundations as something that wants to explore the whole child and not not necessarily just go down a a data a data approach um but i think because of the deep dive nature of the of the new inspections it does mean that sometimes the 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 strategic role of the governing board is not always being understood um, and there, there has become a, a sort of distortion between the strategic and the operational. Um, we, there were some examples of, uh, of governors correcting inspectors um, in, in their line of questioning, which I think is quite a brave thing to do. But actually, it's a good thing to do. You know, I think being honest about uh, what, what is and isn't um, the governing board's role, I think, is, is an important one. Um, I think um, we also found... Um, that there wasn't as much focus on the three core functions as we thought there would be. Um, certainly in the consultation period, um, uh, as we had entered that dialogue with Ofsted, we, we very much um, were under the impression that, that those three core functions would would really guide inspectors in their conversations with um, governors and trustees as part of the inspection process. And I think the 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 overall picture is that's just quite inconsistent at the moment um i'm sure nina you've you've probably got some points to add on that as well yeah i think we found from the um when we were doing our study and collecting all our data we found that things linked very much so where you talk about um you know the interaction that inspectors are having with governors um is quite rushed I feel like that links quite closely to the fact that inspectors do have a lot to do when they're collecting first-hand evidence and doing those deep dives. Um, And so it's almost as if governance isn't so important in that sense um, for them to to like complete and ask the right questions and they want to just get the the evidence out there and and collect all the information they need to. Um, We found that only 17% of respondents found the inspection helpful in terms of improving governance um, or making any necessary changes um, to to match up to the framework. So we, we can see there that with such a low number of respondents feeling that from their conversations with inspectors, they're they're leaving with something worthwhile. We have to question 
okay so how what what's going wrong absolutely um, I mean that's a, that is really quite a stunningly poor figure isn't it that mm. given that's the aim of of inspection um really isn't it it's to it's to help the system um improve and actually governing boards who are responsible for overseeing school improvement are saying that actually as it currently is experienced it didn't actually um help help them um uh do that no and and i think it's really reflected in the reports as well i know we're going to go on to that topic a little bit later but we really see how how that's reflected in the reports where for example only 6% 6% of the reports that we analysed, um, so that was of 800 uh, reports, only 6% spoke about the ethos and the vision and direction of the school. Um, we had only about 8.6% of the reports talking about how the governing board um, held their leaders to account. So we see that link there where the governing board isn't being asked the right questions or aren't being asked any questions at all relating to the core functions. Um, of governance and then that's being reflected onto the reports I know we'll talk about that a little bit later but um, I think it's important to include when we're talking about um, you know key areas that aren't being covered and and inspectors rushing their interactions with governors and trustees. So although the framework has barely changed for governance so those three core functions were there in the old framework and they're there in the new framework in practice it's not necessarily been inspected very, very well or or very Mm. thoroughly. Um, But Sam, there was a bit of good news, wasn't there, about um, Ofsted's understanding of governance of multi-academy trusts? There was indeed, yeah. Um, So um, I'm sure many of you will be aware that, um, many of our listeners will be aware that um, actually one of our main concerns and, and probably uh, a concern of, of quite a few across the sector is that um, inspectors haven't always fully understood the the, the, the different structures in, in multi-academy trusts, different governance structures in multi-academy trusts, how that ties in with the executive uh, tier and, and also um, uh, what role um, the local um, the local governing tier, if it is governing, has and how that works with the role of the trust board. Um, lots of questions there to ask, but you know that's certainly something in the old previous framework. We found there was quite a bit of uh, feedback to show us that the inspectors weren't always getting that. Um, whereas our early feedback here suggests that there is a, a much more robust understanding. Um, which is really positive. You know, we've seen inspectors engaging with both trustees and those governing at a local level, um, which I think is really important to get that that different um, viewpoint. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Although we think um, uh, more wi- um, the wider conversation ar- around this report is that governance is not not getting the, the time it deserves. Actually, there are definitely some some areas that have improved. And what did we say in the report, Sam, about how we could actually um, improve that understanding that Ofsted has of governance? I think what we said that um, that for that wider understanding of governance, I think it's really important that um, organisations like ourselves um, engage 
keep on engaging with Ofsted, um, particularly around their training for inspectors. Um, I think there's uh, there's been a really positive interaction between ourselves and, and Ofsted, which, which which I'm really pleased to see, and we just want that to continue. Um, and uh, for for inspectors to really um, be given sufficient time as part of their training process to think about uh, governance and um, uh, to to understand it more, um, a defined approach as to what the inspectors want to know and need to know, I think is really important. So within that, we want to look at um, some of the things that you've just talked about, Emma, finance. We want to look at um, uh, uh, um, clear clear goals, really, um, for what, what inspectors want to achieve when they're talking uh, to governors and trustees and uh, what, what sort of conclusions they want to be um, deriving from those conversations, I think is really important. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's just that engagement, I think is really important. And, mm. and actually what our report says is, 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 is quite simple, really, you know, just, just, just give governance more time. Mm. I think to add to that, Sam, um, I think to add to that, um, I think it's also we know we need to include that um, now that there's a new focus on curriculum it's about how does governance tie into that I think you know we're we're thinking about how does a strategic role fit in with now looking at the substance of education and in fact governance does have a really strong role in um, the intent of the curriculum and the impact and making sure that's monitored and making sure that progress is being made Um, and from you know from what we found in our in our study um the right questions aren't being asked in relation to the curriculum and so i think that's a big gap in um inspectors knowledge of the school and how the governing board works um within a school um or a mat um but also you know utilizing governance and to to its full potential in these inspections great thank you very much um so Let's now talk about Ofsted's published reports. Um, Now, Ofsted altered their reports to be a shorter format. They wanted the main audience to be parents. Um, And although they consulted the education sector so widely on their framework, um, unfortunately, they didn't consult us on the altered format of of the reports and we found out about that um over over the summer um so there's the language in the um uh, reports and their format but there's also the requirement that there's no longer a discrete governance paragraph um within them so nina what did our study find uh, around the mention of governance in reports so um, only 66% of the reports um, mentioned governance in some capacity. And I say in some capacity because it was very varied in the way that governance was spoken about. So um, there would occasionally be a short sentence talking about um, how governance, you know, ensured safeguarding in the school and then you had another report that mentioned governance and went quite in depth about how um 
how that worked, how governance worked in the school. So they were really inconsistent from report to report. So although 66% is a good number and it's more than half of the reports, um, there was just a lot of inconsistency. Um, and you can see that from reading just two reports, you can see the difference between the two. Um, only 17% of the reports linked governance and the curriculum together, which highlights just mm. how much governance is diminished under this new framework. If we're talking about curriculum, um, governance does need to be a key part of that. And only 17 report, 17% of reports um, link those two governance and curriculum together um, and only 25% of um, inspection reports linked governance and safeguarding which I think was really important to highlight um, you know obviously safeguarding is so important to to wherever we're talking about and for only you know a quarter of the reports to mention to, to link how governance ensures that safeguarding is in place um, it, it, it was quite alarming to see that figure. Yeah I think it's worth saying isn't it Nina that Ultimately, I think what what this piece of work showed us is that there is very, very little on mm -hmm. governance at all now yeah. within the reports. And what there is, um, I think, by and large, uh, isn't always very helpful. Um, mm. I think it, it, the, the references to governance have were often tokenistic. They were lumped in with leadership. There was no yeah. um, there was no distinction really. Um, mm. So I, I think I don't think that helps governing boards. I don't think it helps leaders. I don't even think it particularly helps parents, if I'm honest, because uh, it, it sometimes just felt like it's just been there to, to tick a box. So I think that this is a really key area that we think needs to be developed. Thank you. Now, let's turn to uh, feedback uh, meetings, uh, those meetings that are held right at the end of the um, inspe inspection process, where governing boards are invited uh, to listen to the uh, findings of the Ofsted inspectors alongside uh, their, their senior leaders. Um, this was something that uh, NGA had a lot of conversations um, about uh, with Ofsted in the last couple of months uh, before uh, September. We realized because of the proposed changes to the report format that we needed to make sure governing boards got the information that they needed uh, for their school improvement role um, in another way. And that meant making the feedback meetings um, absolutely do what they say on the tin and make sure that governors would leave those meetings really understanding what inspectors had had found. Um, so uh, over the uh, summer, uh, we persuaded uh, Ofsted um, to do two things. First of all, uh, to allow clerks to uh, take notes of those meetings so that there would be a report, both for future reference and for any governors who couldn't turn up um, on the the day. And secondly, um, we persuaded Ofsted to um, make sure that their remaining inspector training um, included this emphasis so that they were really aware that governing boards had to understand as much as possible of of the findings. So those were the changes. That was the theory. Um, tell us, Sam, what our work found out in practice. Um, simple, Emma. Basically, the feedback meetings are going down really well. 
I think that um, that focus on using them as a, as a key opportunity um, for anyone on the governing board to, to come along and and really learn from the inspectors um, face-to-face about, about their experience at the school, what they found um, is really working, it's, it's really valuable. That, that role of the clerk being there and capturing that record is so important and that's, that's, it, that, that's working really well. So I think our piece of work um, here has shown us that the feedback meetings has definitely been one of the success stories of the new framework. And Nina, I know that you've definitely got some facts uh, and figures that will back that up. Yeah, so we found that um, 70, around 79% of our respondents to our feedback form um, stated that the feedback meeting that they were a part of was really useful in understanding why they achieved the grade that they did. Um, and so this kind of gives some really clear evidence about um, how effective the feedback meeting is for the governing board um, to understand you know, where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are. Um, and why it is that they received the grade that they did. Um, But on the other hand, we did have some comments from our feedback form that stated that where they were hearing about what went well and what isn't going so well and what needs improvements, it's already what governing boards know. Um, So it isn't far from what they're, you know, from their role anyway, knowing about what needs to be improved, how they're going to improve this and um, areas of development and areas of strength. So I think it's worth noting that although we've had a really high number of um, respondents say that the feedback meeting was really useful, there were also um, some comments stating that sometimes it wasn't necessary to know the information that they were being told. But that really backs up, doesn't it, you know, the the fact that... um... You know that's that's really what our report is telling us, Emma. To be honest, that actually um, governance is not getting an, enough focus um, in general. So you would expect that, uh, but I think it's encouraging to see that the feedback meetings are working. And once once governance is given the the time and the attention that it deserves, then those feedback meetings I think will take on a real, really really important role in in the whole process. Thank you. But let's look at that second issue, you know, bigger than governance. Let's look at school um, improvement. That actually is the fundamental aim of Ofsted um, uh, reports. Actually, it's not primarily to report to parents, although clearly that's what Ofsted's prioritising at the moment. If you look at their website, it's about uh, producing reports that actually improve schools. So um, do we think, um, uh, Nina, from your uh, study, that, that, that actually um, those, that parent-friendly format does help school improvement? I don't think it necessarily does what it's, what it's intended to do. Um, and I think, Sam, you would agree that Offset have been quite clear in the fact that they want these reports to, to be for parents, mm. to, to inform parents. Um, so I don't think in terms of when for, for develop for improve school improvement, I don't think it does what, what it says it's meant to do. No, I think you're right, Nina. I think there's little evidence really to suggest that the reports are fulfilling that, that primary function. And Emma, I think mm. actually, if anything, it's kind of moved away and um from from that school improvement focus. And um, you know, I think there's there's been lots of talk around what what the inspection reports are actually there to do now um 
but I, I think we need to think about it even if those reports are there um with the, the prime primary audience being the parents i think we need to come back to that actually parents don't need things um to be simplified to this extent i don't think the reports um some of the reports that we've read have taken a a patronizing tone um that, that i don't think is helpful for anyone so it's important for for parents to understand how those the, the what is actually going on and how the decision making has been made um but actually i think it's really important that the reports actually give parents an indication of what governance is is doing in 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 that school i think that's that's in everyone's interest indeed so um clearly we made recommendations about inspection uh, reports. Uh, tell us um, about those, Sam. Well, um, I think the main thing here is that we've been very clear with Ofsted, um, first and foremost, that the reports uh, in their current form uh, just, just won't do, From certainly from our members' point of view um, uh, and from many others. So we've, we've asked uh, Ofsted to consider changing that. Um, and Ofsted have been very open to hearing our feedback. I, th I think it's worth saying, but I, I think also uh, it, it's worth bearing in mind that Ofsted had had made this decision that the reports are primarily going to be there for for parents. So um, whether they will actually get round to uh, making a position on 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 changing those reports substantially, I'm not sure. Um, we've kind of offered them an alternative, um, which is basically, okay, if you don't take up our, our first recommendation of changing those reports, um, then why not consider uh, producing another report, um, which will then provide a, a more um, detailed and helpful record for um, uh, governors and leaders and, and staff. Um, there's problems with that I think because I, I don't think Ofsted are keen on on having um, two different reports in in the public eye um, so there's certainly things that they will want to review in that uh, as part of their their ongoing evaluation process um, but I think it's worth saying that Emma that Ofsted have heard our concerns and, and that 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 is our, our biggest one I have to say Absolutely. And I think, you know, wherever um, I've been um, since uh, the publication of this report, uh, people have been saying, and not just governing boards, others that work within the education um, uh, sector have been saying all power to our elbow. They completely agree that the reports aren't aren't fulfilling that um, school improvement uh, function. So absolute NGA is a persistent organisation. We will definitely go on having these these conversations um, with uh, with Ofsted. And clearly, we've got a longer time um, to to have that um, have that dialogue. Uh, we also we're also an, ide uh, an ideas organisation. So we we come up with all sorts of suggestions. And another one that we've been talking to them about for some time is the idea that actually the chair of the governing board could be invited to attend the inspector's final team meeting, mm -hmm. because that's yeah. a much bigger discussion. Um, and currently, the head teacher um, will attend that meeting occasionally with somebody else from a multi academy trust, one of the executives. And we see no reason why chairs shouldn't be able to observe that discussion. But again, that's 
that's with Ofsted and before um, they paused, uh, the idea was being looked at as to whether we could have a regional pilot to see whether see whether that would work. So perhaps something we will come back to in um in in time uh, but sam right at the beginning we said we did this work in order to lobby ofsted in order to achieve improvements but also um so that we could help those that were governing out there and share share the experience so obviously we've collected responsive responses from over 100 people um, and analysed all those reports. What sort of advice would you now give to those um, who in future, and it may be a long time in the future, um, do actually uh, get involved um, talking to inspectors about their school? Yeah, I think, you know, some of these are the same from, from the previous framework. But first of all, first and foremost, know your school. Um, I think that's absolutely crucial. Highlight um, its strengths definitely, but also I think one of the one of the key takeaway uh, uh, bits of feedback that, that we've we can, we can pick up from immediately is actually um, you know don't don't try and cover up your weaknesses. Um, I think the, the the inspections that have taken place so far have showed us that it's, it's much more important to um, show you're you're aware of of any weaknesses the school might have, but actually talk about in a proactive sense what what are we going to do about that you know and 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 showing uh, inspectors that there is um there is a plan in place um second of all i think know your curriculum um focus on where it fits with your vision i think it's really important for governing boards to um to make a very clear link between what what their vision is for the organization and where the curriculum uh, fits in with that uh, what you know talking about what you want your children to learn and achieve during their time in school and how will the curriculum um, enable that is so important um, thirdly remember that governance is all about a team um, the more governors and trustees that can attend the inspection the better uh, I think it can be an, a, a nerve-wracking experience for any governor that's part of an Ofsted inspection so you know let's not let's not leave um, people to, to go and do it by themselves let's this is this is teamwork and also try and get uh, get to that feedback meeting as well because as we talked about earlier it's so important and um, be open and um, be honest and stay informed i think those three things are really important so some Great. some some sharp pointers there emma but i think they're all really valid and of course, we do have more, don't we, in our written guidance um, on on Ofsted um, as well. But th this is a bit of a mean um, question to finish with, um, Sam, because actually, I don't think any of us really know um, the answer. But when do you think inspections might actually resume? Um, I, I've, yeah, it is a mean question. Uh, <laughs> um, I think um, uh, no, nobody knows. And I think um, uh, Amanda Spielman has said fairly recently that um, uh, gave us the assurance that inspections wouldn't resume um, at least until uh, September. But I don't think that was her suggesting that they would start again necessarily in September, but um, uh, definitely um it wouldn't be considered before then. I mean, I think in reality, um, it's very hard to see offset inspections commencing again um, before um, the 
the the start of 2021 there have been voices across the sector that have asked for it to to be um paused for for a longer period of time so david carter uh, for one, I know has, has 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 suggested that actually should should wait until um, uh, we get into the uh, the next academic year after that. So I think there's there's lots of different voices, but I think the most important thing is Ofsted are engaging in a really um, in depth um, and proactive conversation with our school leaders about what what makes sense. I think it doesn't make sense for anyone for um, Offset to go in and be inspecting our schools when it doesn't really reflect mm. um, ordinary school life. Um, so I think you know there's got to be that that conversation going on, but certainly not until January 2021. Emma, no, I think absolutely. It, it and I think NGA, with, without a doubt, will we, we will be adding our voice to those that saying actually inspections in autumn term would not would not be helpful. Let's mm. yes, let's wait until 2020. Um, uh, one, it's it's also worth saying that um, given that Ofsted is paused um, during COVID nineteen, uh, their inspectors are being seconded to other organisations. We know quite a lot of them are are helping out at local authorities in terms of vulnerable children. I think that's really great that that Ofsted have have taken that initiative and one of the other things that uh, they've offered to do is work with us um, to do a piece of research about how governing boards are responding during this COVID um, uh, period so although we do have um, a a single research officer actually having Ofsted work with us on that gives us a lot more um, uh, people power so if you haven't uh, seen a mention of that uh, in our newsletter, uh, please do look out for it. If you want to be one of the governing boards that um, speaks to um, Ofsted about your exp- your current experiences and the challenges you think your schools will be facing um, when uh, there's further opening, please do get involved um, in that. Um, And it also gives me a chance to give a plug to our um, annual governance survey 2020, which has also got um, uh, gone out now. Um, And if you are a member of NGA, you will have been um, emailed with with that link. We get almost 6000 governors and trustees from across England responding every year. I did think really carefully about whether it was appropriate to do that this year um, and decided that actually of all years, NGA wanted um, to hear from you, needed to hear from you. Um, Nina mentioned how member-led we are as an organization and we absolutely do want to hear and learn um, from your experiences. So if you haven't um, had a chance to respond to that, we'd be we'd really appreciate um, you doing that if you can find the time. It is shorter um, than in previous years, so only 15 minutes unless you want to write more. So thank you all um, for uh, joining us on this very first edition edition of um, Governing Chatters. And of course, thank you to um, Sam and Nina uh, for their report. And perhaps a bit of a belated thanks to those um, 
more than 100 respondents who did actually um, contribute to this research and hence um, have provided us with that information that we can now share um, with you. So do, if you have um, time, read that full um, re report um, and find out the, um, the details of, of that survey. But I hope this conversation has helped bring um, a few of them to light. Thank you so very much. And I hope you join us um, another uh, week for our, one of our future podcasts.